Welcome to Observe and Retort. We are in Hello. the 16th week of 2021. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. this week, what are you going to tell us about this week, Lena? Well, this week, I'm going to talk about a corpse and a cream donut. What are you talking about? A corpse and a cream donut? In. In a cream donut, bitch. In a cream donut. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was yeah. a great teaser. I want to hear what... I want to hear what you have to say. So that was perfect. Right. I, this week, <laughs> I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm going to try and convince you and our listeners that a story oh you've probably seen and ignored is actually really interesting. That a story that probably seems boring is actually really interesting. I think for you and for most of our listeners... Maybe not, I don't know. For a significant amount of our listeners, they've seen this story because it's been all over the news and they've gone, okay. that's dull as fuck and I have no interest in it. And I'm going to spend 15 <laughs> minutes trying to convince you and our listenership they're wrong. Mm. This is incredibly interesting. Well, what else is smooth, David? <gasps> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love Looking to convince people to they're it. wrong. That's, that's, all I, that's all I want to do all day. Are you going to talk about stocks again? I'm not going to talk about stocks. I've exhausted oh, okay. that well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, before we start, so oh. we had a listener who uh, contacted me on Instagram about reviews because they wanted to do a review, and we love that, and thank you. That's really nice. Uh, because apparently it is, and I kind of knew this. I don't know why I didn't... <laughs> do more about it but it is a little weird and tricky being an android user and then wanting to leave reviews on podcasts because we don't really have that you know itunes thing that just kind of where you can go and leave a review and then that's that and that's what pops up so i found this new platform thingy it's actually kind of smart it's called podchaser.com and you can actually also listen to podcasts there. You can do anything with podcasts. Podcasts you can like, like them and follow them and follow the hosts of of the podcasts. And you can leave reviews, and uh, like it's just kind of where you find everything about what you need from whatever you want to do with podcasts. So it's really cool, and you can just make uh, an account. That's super easy. And uh, p- then please go review us and like us or whatever, uh, because that would be lovely. And thank you for asking about those things, because, uh, yeah, I had not really thought about it. <laughs> so <laughs> we made it so much easier for Android listeners, Android listeners, users, listeners. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's keep going. Let's get into it. Do you want to go first this week? Uh, do I, I, I don't know. Come on, girl, get it. Okay, okay, I'll go <laughs> you first. seem very caught off guard. You're oh, not ready for this. I was not. Also, by the way, I'm Luna, and that's David. If yes. you, if you had any doubts. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome to the show. It's nice yeah. to have you. Fun seas. So, as I said, I'm kind of breaking my own rules here for picking stories. My usual (gasps) rule is if I see it on The Guardian or the BBC, then it's too big and I'm not going to talk about it. 
And this story okay. has been on the front page of every single newspaper in Denmark, in the <gasps> UK. It's even been on the home pages of the New York Times and American okay. newspapers, which is interesting or not interesting in itself, but is peculiar because Americans famously don't give a shit about what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> interesting. Is it fair, Luna, to say that you don't give a shit about football? Oh, oh no, I'm going to talk about football. <laughs> I'm going to talk about football. Perfect. That is the starting Thanks point. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> this was fun. That's the end. Let's play the theme song. Just go home. <laughs> no. Fuck. That is the perfect no, starting okay. point. Okay. Let's see you if in the next 15 minutes, me. I can convince mm-hmm. you that the biggest football story of the year, and for our American listeners, of whom we have quite a few, I mean soccer, the biggest football story <laughs> of the year should be incredibly interesting to people who don't give a shit about football. Okay, okay. It's going to be a challenge. And to be honest, it's fair enough if by the end of this you go, no, that was still dull as shit. Fuck you. But okay. let's just I reserve see. the right to say that. That's allowed. And but listeners, I, I hope you will surprise me. If you don't care about football, please do reach out and say whether you found the story vaguely interesting or found it trash. I would genuinely yeah. be interested either way. Yeah, me too. Also, so that David will not do this again. Maybe we might need, maybe we might need your support on that. <laughs> no, it's wow. tell me about soccer, David. What a start. Okay, so as I said, this has been on the front page of, or the home page of, basically every newspaper. So if you've oh. watched the news or listened to the news or read the news, you have probably seen this week that there were plans released on Sunday for a European Super League. No idea. You're so good <laughs> at ignoring shit you don't give a shit about. I think my eyes just, didn't just even might like, completely ignore it. I think it might be invisible for me in my brain. I don't know. And that's probably true for a lot of people. I do <laughs> that for other things. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen this and you don't care about football, I imagine the logical response is to go, why the fuck is some people setting up a new league on the front page of every newspaper and on the Danish national news at 7 p.m. and all of that? And that's a, a good league? question. What, is it, what does this mean? So, a league is just a group of clubs that all play together, right? Like, how, how okay. many terms am I <laughs> I don't that do was, sports. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Luna. I'm explaining a few terms in the course of this story. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to explain league. But, but that's okay. We can, we can work it out. So, but a it league. Was just you said a new league, and I was like, wait, is that, what is, does that mean like a new? No, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Please a on. new competition. I, oh, it, so it's a new competition. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So there's two types of competition in football, in most sports, in fact. There are cups where you play, in, as a general rule, once against an opponent, and then you knock them out, and then you keep going up, and slowly you knock more and more people out until one team wins because people have knocked out the other teams. And there's leagues right, right, right. where, so in that you wouldn't play everyone. You'd only play who you have to knock out along the way. And then in a league, 
usually you would all play everyone. So if there's 20 teams, all 20 of those teams play each other and you get a certain amount of points based on whether you win, draw or lose. And at the end of however many games, they say, okay, you're the ultimate champion because you won the most games. Okay, well, you know, we'll see how this is going to go. If that... (laughs) That was a slightly different level than I was expecting. Keep going. It's going really great. I'm I'm so doubting my choice. Anyway. So, for example, there's the English Premier League, which is the top league in England. There's La Liga, which is the top league in Spain. The Danish Superligan, which I can't even say it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Super League game. There you go. <laughs> 12 teams announced on Sunday. Their rumors were released on Sunday morning and then they announced on Sunday evening that 12 teams, six from England, three from Spain and three from Italy, announced that they're setting up a new league, a European Super League. So these 12 teams that are some of the best in the world would be creating a brand new competition for them Is to... This just a- piss off england like the uk <laughs> six of these teams are from england so wait you said it was your like a your oh okay not right. not so eu league EU a, it's a difference so between funny. the european union wow and- it's like my brain doesn't want to understand this <laughs> <laughs> it's like how do we make this more difficult to, to grasp <laughs> i'm sorry it's okay no it's okay we're gonna it's a European <laughs> Okay. So. Keep going. These, this group of 12 teams, some of the best teams in the world, uh, announced that they were starting a new competition for them. Uh, this rumor started on Sunday morning. And as soon as rumors started, the outrage, and then the official announcement came, the outrage was huge. The fans, the media, even governments responded saying they would do everything in their power to stop this happening. Why? What is this about? And that is why I'm hoping that even to people who don't give a shit about football, why the fuck is this so important? Why do people care? I'm going to try and explain that to you and hopefully it'll be interesting. We'll see. Even if you don't give a shit about the sport itself. So... One of the incredibly special things about European football is the sacred nature of the pyramid. Now, the football pyramid, what that means is that everyone in football is playing the same game. Can I explain that a bit further? Don't shit your pants. (laughs) So if you go to your local pitch on a Sunday... Which you you do. Which you can do. (laughs) All right? So if we go down... 10 minutes down the road, right? And watch some people Mm -hmm. playing football to a tiny club that no one really cares about. There's like 20 fans on the team and they're all related to the players. Mm -hmm. They are theoretically playing the same game that's being played in the national stadium. As in, it's a universal competition. If they won a lot of times, it would have to be a fucking huge number of times, they could earn their way up and eventually they would make it to the very top. 
My ex used to do that, so I know a little bit about that. He started a team in Aarhus, so yes, now and they actually did pretty well, and they're like a thing now. So that's there I you go. Something. So to give you a few examples of that that are fun, this year Chorley Football Club, which is a semi-professional side managed by a school head teacher in his spare time, his players include uh, a, a personal trainer, a lift engineer, and a butcher. They had incredible success in the FA Cup. So that's a cup competition in England. It's one of the oh. oldest comp cup competitions in the world. And okay. despite being a butcher <laughs> managed by a head teacher, they had a series of incredibly impressive victories over sides that are way richer, way bigger, and way more supported than themselves. And they ended up playing a team that's in the Premier League, the highest possible level. So that's oh, like, wow. that's an unbelievably, like maybe 40 people watched Chorley FC play and then they were playing against the highest possible league. So that's the exciting thing about the football pyramid. That's a cup competition, which as I said, where they mix up all of the teams to play against each other. But in theory, the same principle also applies in league competitions. So a famous example is Leicester City. In the summer of 2014, Leicester City got promoted to the top league in England. They were not good. I would go so far as to say they were dog shit that year. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Christmas 2014, they were bottom of the league. They were 20th out of 20. Only two teams ever had been 20th out of 20 at that stage of the season, halfway through the season, and still survived, still not been relegated back to the lower leagues. Somehow they put enough together enough decent results to survive, but only just. So that was the 2014-2015 season that they just survived mm -hmm. having just been promoted. They were dog shit. Going into the next season, they were ranked as having a 5,000 to 1 chance of winning the league. Everyone knew they were crap. And somehow, to everyone's shock, over the next 38 games, they absolutely smashed the competition, including clubs that are worth billions of pounds. And they won the okay. biggest league in the world, like the most competitive league in the world. Wait, the shitty, the shitty team? The shitty team survived? that barely survived the year before okay. somehow managed to do... And that's the excitement, right? That's a rare story. I am looking forward to the movie with Denzel Washington <laughs> coming out as a new coach and rising to the occasion and getting everybody like really pumped. They have already solved the movie rights. So, yes. Oh, there it is. Ooh, do they know who's going to play? Because, you know, then I'm interested. <laughs> then I'm, I, I don't know who's going to play. Actors. <laughs> okay. 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 One more example of crazy uh, success against the odds. Or I can do. So Wimbledon. Wimbledon's a club that's actually from very near where I grew up. I remember watching them. We used to get tickets when I was in primary school. They Isn't were a team. tennis? So Wimbledon is where the tennis club is that hosts the oh. world famous competition. There also oh. was a football team called Wimbledon oh. Football Club there. And the football team wasn't doing as well as its owners wanted. It had been there for almost 100 years. And the owners decided for financial reasons to move the club to a completely different city. 
against all the supporters' will. So this club that had been there for a very long time, that had been really special in the community, the owners went, fuck oh. that, we're moving it to a t- another place. Oh. The fans, devastated at this team that they'd supported for, like some of them, their grandparents supported it. Yeah. Or older. Yeah. So they created their own team that started all the way at the bottom of the pyramid that they started as an amateur team with... Okay. And they slowly worked all their way up, winning leagues, going step by step, until eventually they are currently in the same league as the shell of their former team that was moved cities. So now they are rivals. It took 15 plus years, right? But then this community, this group of friends went, fuck that, we're not going to lose our team. We're going to abandon you. Oh, wait, we're going to create our own you. and we're going to work our way. So they said this group of friends decided that they weren't going to let their team be stolen. They would create their mm-hmm. own and they worked all their way up. And now they're a proper professional team and they're, you know, a, they're wow. not a huge team, but they're a big team. That's very impressive. That's what can happen because the pyramid exists. Because it's the same game the whole way down. The, ver- mm. the game right at the top and the game right at the bottom allows yeah. stories like that to happen and so now people are mad that people are making a league what's that what's that right this it's it's gonna be you're gonna have to stay calm okay <laughs> i okay, have to give some more context to build I'm up to it, just okay? have a little glass of water <laughs> <laughs> now at the very very top of that pyramid so when you have the the english premier league that i referred to that leicester won in 2016 on top Leicester, of Leicester I hardly City. know her. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. At the absolute top of this pyramid of European football, there's the Champions League. And the Champions League is run by the European Football Association, or UEFA. And they select, they a select few top teams from each national league qualify each year. So like four from England, four from Spain. If it's a smaller country like Denmark then you get half a place. So you have to, the winner from Denmark has to play against like the winner from Poland or somewhere. I don't know. Um, To earn their place in the Champions League. And that is the premier football competition. That's the one that everyone gives a shit about. It's bigger than the World Cup. Okay. Wait, what what was the name? The Champions League. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, that shit. Okay. Yeah. You've heard people giving a shit about it and wondered, oh, absolutely. why the fuck do and you give I've... a shit about this nonsense? Yeah. Which is all fair. And my eyes rolled out of my face as it happened, <laughs> so. <laughs> but all of that is one system. So theoretically, we could set up tomorrow an observe and retort football team. Oh my God, let's do it. And if we were consistently wildly successful, in 10 years, our team could be playing in the Champions League. I think we can do it, David. I think. I mean, Arsenal, fifty listeners are gonna fucking take <laughs> over. We can do it, guys. I believe in us. Uh, uh, I would like to know how many of our listeners give a fuck about football. I mean, I would like to know before I do this story and afterwards. Let's see who I can convince to give a shit. Or if it got worse, somebody just lost their passion for there's, the game. There's, there's every chance. Every <laughs> chance. 
So, as yeah. I rapidly try to get through this. <laughs> I think you're doing great. I'm also just taking the piss out of you. And that's I think fair. it's good. But that mm-hmm. concept that it's all one system that you can, like, the, those fairy tale stories that I tell, like, that's part of the magic. Mm-hmm. On top of that, another part of the strength of feeling is that when I say we could set up a team and theoretically be at the top in 10 years, most teams weren't set up 10 years ago. In most cases, these teams have existed for a hundred years or longer. So your parents, your grandparents, your grandparents' grandparents supported the same team. That team carries the name of your town. The teams were like local associations that were born out of colleagues wanting to play together or friendship groups mm-hmm. or political mm-hmm. movements. They are they mean a lot more and they've grown into these huge corporations, but people feel rightly or wrongly that their club is part of their identity. The players yeah. that they love the most are the ones who supported the team as a kid or who come from the local mm-hmm. area. So absolutely, for people who hate football, I entirely agree. Football is 22 millionaires kicking, you don't know, kicking a ball around. It's stupid. Yeah. It's nonsensical. It's fucking dumb. But it's also so much more than that. And I. But also, have you seen what drag queens can do? Like, compared to that, it just seems like... The competition <laughs> on drag race is a little more, how do I say, um, interesting and and like, awe, was it like awe provoking? But that's all what you, like. I'm not here to to interest shame anybody. You yes. go, you go cheer that ball, honey. You go cheer for for the the that team with the I'm legs. Just not the thing. sure. <laughs> Okay, as I was saying, it's not really about the ball, (laughs) about the identity. That's the whole point. Anyway, I don't expect any of the above to have convinced anyone who doesn't give a shit about football to start caring. That's not really the point. It's just some context for this story. And everything that I explained, all of the above, is fundamentally different from American sports. In American Mm. sports, there's no relegation. There's no pyramid. If you come 20th out of 20th, in the NFL or the NHL, like American football or in hockey, yeah, you don't get relegated. You don't end up collapsing. In fact, because of the way the draft system works in American football, the worse you are, the better teams you have, the better opportunity you have to sign players next year. So if you come 20th, you get a first-class ticket to buy players next year, whereas if you come first, you're last in the process. Okay. Right. Make any sense what I just... You're just Why? Looking... No, why? So they have a system where this is potentially going to get complex, Maybe we shouldn't. But... No, no, so... <laughs> okay, make it sure. So why you get... The, the highest priority is they're trying to create parity. They don't want just yeah. the most successful okay. teams to be the most successful. So with the way that their college drafting system works, in Ameri- most American sports, you go to university as a player of whatever sport, and then you announce, okay, I've finished my time at university. I'm ready to enter the actual league system. And you enter what's called the draft. And mm. the teams have a ticket system where one team is first to pick and they get to pick from all of the players who are graduating from college that year. 
So if mm-hmm. I finish 20th, I get the first ticket when I'm in picking from the college, the best of the college players. Which what that theoretically yeah. means is, if I'm doing pretty bad, but not really bad, if I'm, say, 10th, and I know that I'm not going to win that year, it's in my interest to do worse. Whereas in European sports... So you get new players who Because are then you've got a higher ranking for the draft system, so you can get new players okay. that are better. In the European system, okay. you desperately don't want to come last because then you're going to get relegated and then you're going to end up fucking nothing. You're going to collapse as a team or just, you know, keep sinking down farther oh, and further and further. Okay. So under the American system, the entire structure is set up for the owners. Like no matter how badly you run the club, you're going to be rewarded. If you fuck up everything, you hire a shit coach, you hire shit players. If people don't like you, and they don't support the team. You're going to get better players the next year. And you can choose to move the entire club wherever you want. So owners tell local governments. If you don't build me a taxpayer funded stadium. We're going to take this entire team. And just move it somewhere else. Okay. Are you following? Okay. That? I'm following. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. And that happens quite a lot in, in American sports. These teams don't have okay. the same fundamental link to the areas. They're not set up as like social clubs that become corporations. In fact, in I genuinely love ice hockey. Ice hockey is an amazing sport in terms of the well, in terms of many ways. Maybe I'll save that for a different episode. But an entire ice hockey team was created to promote the Disney movie, The Mighty Ducks. The connection that people have to fans is so different right. when you're talking about a football team that's come out of a political movement 150 years ago versus a team that was created to promote a Disney movie. Like Mm. the Mulan football Mm -hmm. team has a different connection to the fans. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what? Fun fact, fun fact before you move on. I may hate sports, but I do love sports movies. I don't, I mean, you know, they get us all like, ooh, we can do anything. And like, ooh, I have watched Remember the Titans like since I was a child, like so many times. I love that movie. I love Denzel Washington. I will follow him anywhere. And Donald Face, I mean, all the Ryan Gosling in that movie, what is he like? 17? He's just this little chicken. It's so funny. Anyway, I don't know. Ooh, also a league of their own. Classic, classic sports movie and ooh, Moneyball is also good it's also it a good movie it's a, it's a good movie. movie I'm sorry can we just talk about sports movies <laughs> then I uh, but okay I'm, no okay, that's, but continue. that's exactly why I thought this story would be interesting is that all of the yeah let me just well all of the joy of sports <laughs> movies right the reason mm-hmm. that people hate this league this new proposed league is because all of the joy of sports movies is killed. It's just everyone that gets into the league are the biggest clubs who have the most money Uh and they don't have to earn their way there. They get guaranteed placements there. And so there's no opportunity for a sports movie. Any of the stories that I talked about before, you can make a great sports movie. Well, there is, but it will be very, very It will be incredibly fucking dull. It'll just be rich people high-fiving each other. Yeah, that's Everyone in it 
is fucking Global Jim from Dodgeball. <laughs> All of the teams are the evil ones. <laughs> so that just doesn't... Oh my God. I think Jens says every day, like, we need to watch Dodgeball soon. It's like time. And I'm like, yeah, we should. And then we go on to watch something that's not Dodgeball. And it's a disgrace and a shame, David. It and we will watch it again soon. <laughs> I don't know why that was important, but... <laughs> Yeah. So okay. I, I see your point. <laughs> so I'm building up to, you know, we'll, we'll get there. This was a, this oh, was a long oh, 15 minutes. Oh, this wasn't it. Okay, oh, we're oh, going oh, on. Okay. We're just... <laughs> so. Yeah. In the last 30 years, incre- like the amount of money that's been in the game of football mm. has increased massively. And there are huge changes in ownership. And I can sum these up as people who see investing in a football team as a financial opportunity and people who see it as a repu- as a reputational investment opportunity. Okay. So there's the Americans, like people, I mean, you guys aren't going to know any of these names, but people like the Glazers or like John Henry, they've, they're Americans who've bought the these Glazers. huge clubs <laughs> as corporations. They're trying to make as much money as possible from them. They know how much money they've made owning American sports teams. And they're like, hey, European football hasn't is a completely unexploited market as far as we're concerned. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then there's the oil money. There's like Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich or Sheikh Mansour, who's the deputy prime minister and a royal family member from the United Arab Emirates. He owns Manchester City. Mm. They've bought these oh, huge clubs as brands. So that's all about sports watching. As I mentioned in a previous episode, Saudi Arabia has tried to buy the team that I support for the same purpose. Oh, that's why I know it. Okay. <laughs> I was so, like, why do I know this? <laughs> people pay less attention to all the murder and corruption if you give them amazing entertainment. You get them to kick a football around and it's a really cool kicking of the football yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's a goal. That. Yay! Let's not. Yeah. Let's just ignore the murder and stuff. I'm sorry, but I want to see men in heels. I don't know what to tell you. See, if they were in drag and did that, that would be a whole different thing. Whole different thing. I agree. But it would be I mean, a whole that, different. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> but I'm, but then there's potential for a different kind of reality TV, I guess. So. Oh. What that means (laughs) is over the last 30 years, the real, okay, I shouldn't call them real fans. The fans who are associated with the club for decades, the fans who grew up Uh in the area have become less and less important. Because if you've got billions and if there's money coming in from all over the world, nowadays, you know, Danes watch the English Premier League all the Mm -hmm. time. Danes who care about football, they watch the English Premier League over the Danish League. And all of the money that comes in, every time that they pay for a, a TV subscription, that means that the local fans matter less. The money that I pay mm. as, as a ticket to go see you live matters less than the entire world of broadcast fees or the entire billions of oil money that is coming in. Mm. So that's left with a situation where... You have clubs that are owned by billionaires with zero connection to the places and they have their own agendas. Either they want to make money because they're the American billionaires or they want to have the best possible spectacle to hide from 
the murder. You have the governing bodies that I've barely even mentioned, like UEFA, who are widely considered to be corrupt and not trusted by anyone. They're the people who run uh-huh. the Champions League. And like the International Olympic Association and FIFA, you guys have probably heard about all of the corruption in those areas. Maybe not, but there's a lot of corruption <laughs> there. Okay. Okay. Yes. Then you have the traditional fans who've grown up with the fans and would like die for their team. And then you have the new fans all around the world who put in loads of money and are seen as potentially way more profit. Mm, yeah. That is why these owners thought, hey, we can create a brand new league and we're going to take 12 teams that are huge and we're going to ignore the pyramid those 12 teams automatically qualify every single year. And all of the excitement. Uh-huh. So people love to watch Barcelona play Real Madrid or Man United play Man City. Those are the hugest teams in the world. And these owners went, well, if people love to see it when it happens once every three or four years, then they'll really love it if they get to see it every year, all the time. And all of these new fans will give us loads of money and we can abandon the regulatory agencies that we hate and we think are corrupt and kind of everyone thinks are corrupt. And that was why they tried to create this new league. And that's also why it was hated so fucking much because it destroys the fundamental concept of Mm -hmm. European football. So you're telling me that capitalism... (laughs) destroyed community feeling and culture of the uh, huh that is just and while that may seem uh like an obvious statement first (laughs) doesn't that also seem like a concept that you are interested in oh yeah yeah yeah. i got you i see it how i see it (laughs) so if we'd recorded obviously this episode's a bit late unfortunately i was not very well on monday uh and this if we'd recorded on monday the story would pretty much end there all the fans were really pissed but this is going to happen these owners are going to create the super league what's updated in the last 48 hours is that managers of the teams who were part of it like employees of these owners, the head coaches of the teams said, came out and said, this is not sport. This goes against the nature of what we want. Players came out and said, we don't like it and we don't want it to happen. Okay. Even Boris Johnson, the free market conservative right-wing prime minister of the United Kingdom, said that he would take all legislative avenues to prevent it. He fucking hates legislation. And he, he was hates going doing to doing anything useful. So that's And he was willing to pass laws to say this shouldn't happen. And last I mean, night, two wow. of the teams announced that they would be withdrawing because of the outcry and mm. suddenly the whole house of cards has collapsed and the European uh-huh. Super League is dead. And the final just little bit of interest on that is the two teams that withdrew and related to what you said about oh capitalism's evil is 
The two yeah. teams that withdrew were not the American-led teams that were trying to directly profit. It was Chelsea, it wasn't. who are owned by the Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich, and Manchester City, oh. who are owned by Sheikh Mansour, who both okay. bought the teams so that they could look as good as possible. And as soon as people started complaining, so football was saved by corrupt, evil murderers. Okay, I shouldn't call Roman Abramovich a murderer. <laughs> or Sheikh Mansour. I don't have any proof that they've ever murdered anyone. <laughs> Everything's okay. Please don't kill me. Um, <laughs> but they have both made their money in a corrupt environment that is full of human rights violations. I can definitely say that. <laughs> Probably with some murder. Oh. They don't give a shit about you, David. It's yeah, fine. that's true. <laughs> so weirdly, just as this, you know, bonus at the end of the story... The saviors were some of the worst people in the world. Wow. It just turns it upside down. You know, this would have never happened in Drag Race. I just, that's all I'm going to say. I <laughs> feel like that's objectively <laughs> not true. Um, as the um, yeah. lead of Drag Race. I mean, RuPaul is uh, like, it's fracking. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Loves to destroy natural resources. <laughs> so is there is is was that the was that the thing? Okay, yeah, I'm done. You can you can okay. cry now, you can stop, you can go. Okay, so was that vaguely in the region of convincing you that something about this story was interesting or it doesn't mean I'm going to bring you know, another football story ever if you say yes. I just want to clarify that. I don't smoke, but I do have a strong urge for a cigarette right now. <laughs> no, David. Fuck it was you, good. Man. It was, uh, it, it was <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting. I think you make it nice and interesting, and I can listen to you talk about anything. Will I care more about football now? <laughs> Absolutely not. I do not give a fuck. No, I'm not I expecting anyone to care about football now. Forget about this now. in about five minutes. I'm but still I, not expecting I do you to appreciate care about you football. For bringing this. I mean specifically this story, but maybe not. Let us know. But I I do appreciate your eye for seeing different layers of story there. You're good at that, and you tell a good story. So, Thank you. I mean. It for me it was not, you know, it's not easy for you to bring this story to me. So I also I was very aware when I picked that. it. It was a risk. It, it was a high it risk. Was... Um, <laughs> I could see in the eyes as soon as I mentioned the topic. It was like, oh, okay. I'm I'm just gonna go <laughs> pop off and uh. Well, I'm kind of looking forward to see what Jens is gonna say about this because. He fucking hates football. So he's going to be like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck? No, he's probably also, he really likes what you're doing. So maybe he'll be like, it was actually, it was pretty good. It was good. I thought it was good. It's not really a football it's story. Don't worry. At some yeah. point, I'm going to bring ice hockey as a story. I'm trying to convince everyone. And I'm not going to bring anything geopolitical or anything, you know. I honestly think I'm going to try and convince everyone that ice hockey is the greatest sport that's ever existed. And 
I I can see the fun in ice hockey. I can see that there is an entertainment value that maybe I don't see in football. I mean, I yeah. did used to watch football with my dad because I wanted to like have an interest in whatever he was doing or liked because I just wanted to spend time with him. And I guess that's how, you know, so I did get into it. Yeah. But that wasn't really a natural, like interest it was more like i'm gonna jump on it but so i do understand the enthusiasm and the excitement and how you can get super into it i get that but and it's gonna when be no we have me, dog. i don't care about observe and retort <laughs> football team <laughs> all of our listeners will be deeply engaged and they will care but i would like to hear everything. what people think if this was painful or this was really cool because I mean, this is all about interest. So some, probably a lot of people appreciate it. I'm just we'll a see. shitty, you know, <laughs> I'm difficult. I'm a tough crowd when it comes to football. I understand. So tell me about a corpse and a donut. A corpse and a cream donut. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to take it in another direction because I do love doing that. Um... Yeah, this is a story from APNews.com by Nick Perry. And uh, the title is Colorful Coffins Lighten Mood at New Zealand Funerals. So, when Phil McLean's coffin was brought into the chapel, there were gasps before a wave of laughter rippled through the hundreds of mourners. The coffin was a giant cream donut <laughs> it says his widow a widower said it overshadowed the sadness and the hard times in the last few weeks and the final memory in ever everyone's mind was of that donut and phil's sense of humor so this donut coffin was uh made by the late phil's uh, phil his cousin, Ross Hall, he has a business in Auckland, New Zealand, called Dying Art. How fucking awesome is that name also? Brilliant. So he makes custom-built, colorful coffins. And I am obsessed, David. <laughs> I am obsessed <laughs> with these coffins. Oh, my God. There were pictures. I will put them on Instagram. I am fully obsessed and i already i am making plans honestly i can't die soon enough <laughs> <laughs> it's too bleak okay so he has made coffins that look like a sailboat a fire truck a chocolate bar i will be having that please and lego blocks and there have been glittering coffins covered in fake jewels and a, and a casket inspired by the Matrix. And um, just like a lot of coffins uh, looking like people's favorite beaches and holiday spots and stuff like that. So he makes some cool custom shit for people who are dead. So, uh, yeah. Have you, I, I don't I know mean, if, I, okay, maybe you're going to get to this, but have you seen the coffins from Ghana? From Ghana? 
No. Because... No, what's, no, what do they do? Because Dying Art didn't create this. <gasps> of course not. Ugh, I mean, white people. Why do I we do don't <laughs> want to claim cultural appropriation up in here, but... <laughs> I mean, are, are we surprised? There have been some fucking cool Ghanaian coffins uh, that do basically the same. If you Google Ghana coffins, right, and look on images, then... I will be doing that. Thank you. You can see like a <laughs> Ghana Airways flying into heaven, <laughs> a giant fish, <laughs> um, a giant Nike trainer for someone who just loved shoes, a giant Gucci bag, <laughs> a giant oh eagle. They carve amazing <laughs> coffins. That's awesome. But yeah, I can imagine that he's probably not the first person in the world to do this shit. That's allowed. It know? was. It's a cute story, though. It's a it cute is a very, story. I have some questions. I don't. I don't know how. Was it round? But I'm not done, really. What did they chop? <laughs> what? Was, are you going to tell us whether it was round? Was the coffin okay. circular? Uh, I'm gonna. I gonna, could show you a picture. I, I will put a picture on Instagram of it. <laughs> okay. So it is like, a, it, honestly, for me, it looked like a Danish hot dog. Like uh, in the beginning, okay. I was like, wait, that's a hot dog. Yeah. Um, okay. But, but so, yeah, it has that oval. So it's no, still what, cylinder co- kind of coffin shaped. Um, I think not really. I wouldn't say coffin shaped. He did. He did have to. Um. Uh, like put Phil in something else to get cremated. Like he couldn't cremate this. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but um, do you know? Do you know how you wanna be buried? Like how? What your funeral? I, what do I, you want your funeral to be? I I don't give a shit. Once once I'm dead, I'm dead. You don't. Like. Okay. It's, uh, That's fair. It's, it's, it's not my choice. <laughs> like it's not my. Okay. Own. I'm. I mean, I did a little bit of thinking about this, especially because <laughs> now I was, you know, reading this article. Yeah. And so I I think it would be m- most fitting if I was buried in like the like a chocolate bar from Mabu because, you know, it's a what is it? A Swedish chocolate brand. And I've just like I used to eat a, a full a full bar of that and it's not a small bar it's a it's what how many 250 grams of some of fucking chocolates very reasonable amount for any yeah child like i used to eat <laughs> one a day of that for years it's the size of a child's it, head i would say it's like a, it's like a baby's head kind of size <laughs> chocolate oh my god i used to eat it so much at some point i started feeling sick so i had to stop for a few years and then i could start eating it again of course makes sense. i might have a problem <laughs> I, might, I might have some issues but also with funerals i will say get some drag queens involved but also again oh that's i would just be jealous but i couldn't be jealous because i'm dead but oh yeah. but have fun hire some drag queens eat some chocolate bury me in a in a chocolate coffin i mean what else is is there really to say you know maybe maybe play cotton eye joe as no <laughs> maybe that's too much <laughs> just to fuck shit up for people just to make people really confused and sad and and also <laughs> more confused 
anyway, so this Ross Hall man who makes these coffins. Yeah. He first started thinking about this 15 years ago when he was writing a will, thinking about his own death. And he just thought, I, you know what? It's going to be different than everybody else. So he put in his will that he wanted a red box with flames on it. And so six months later, he... Um, wait. Hall, whose other business is a signage and graphics company... He decided to get serious about this business, the coffin thing. So he approached a few funeral directors who looked at him with interest and skepticism. But so <laughs> over time, the idea took hold and people got super into it. So he begins with special made blank coffins and uses fiberboard and plywood to add details. And he like uses a latex digital printer uh, for designs and some orders are like really complex, like the sailboat, which included a keel and okay, I'm saying words now that I don't know what <laughs> they are, but of course you do because you're a fancy boatman. So keel and rudder, <laughs> cabin sa and sails and even metal railings and pulleys, pulleys. Yes. What a pulleys. You know what a pulley is. It's a well, that would be dumb of me to ask, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know how to explain. It's a... Do you know what it is? Uh, yes, I know what it is. I just don't know how to explain. Are you just shaking so, you know, me for my when you see, Okay, so when you see <laughs> like a wheel with a rope on it where you can uh -huh, pull uh -huh. the rope and then lift things up. Uh -huh. Have you been to Amsterdam? No. Okay, that's not helpful. Not yet. Uh... Okay, it's fine. You know, I will Okay, a flag. In Denmark, there's fucking tons of flag poles everywhere, right? <laughs> uh -huh. With the string that's on the flagpole where you wheel it up to raise the flag. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay. That is like okay. a pulley system. It's not exactly, but <laughs> something so like that. You're so excited. I'm trying to explain a pulley. I don't want to. <laughs> I know what oh it is. God. God damn it. <laughs> It's a rope-based system that, that allows that you knowledge. to raise things very with I, minimal I effort. Uh -huh. I know that it. makes sense. Okay, <clears throat> so depending, <laughs> do you want to talk more about boats, David? I know it's a passion of yours. I want to be a special little boy who knows things. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a special little boy who knows things. You know all the things. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So depending on the design, the coffins retail for between about 3,000 and 7,500 New Zealand dollars, which is uh, 2,100 and 5,400 American dollars, I guess. So it's, you know, it's money, but worth it. <laughs> I mean, but coffins in general, like, Dying is weirdly fucking expensive. Mm. Like just a it's normal so, coffin so is expensive. crazy expensive. It's yeah, it's shitty. Like also because you literally die on people that really love you and have to mourn you. And now they have to like make this event. Ha they have to like be event managers all and of a sudden. And then there's all fucking... this weird like guilt of if you don't pay for a coffin. Like what yeah. kind of child or 
yeah. you know, widow, are it's, you? It's like, so it's much weird. bullshit. It's bullshit. Just throw people out in the water. Seriously, they're dead. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. So that's why I have no feelings. I feel like make me into mushrooms unless. <laughs> oh, that's why you unless have the no people feelings. who I are think we're getting to the bottom behind. of these things now, David. If the people <laughs> who are left behind have some particular feeling on, they really want me to be buried in a fire truck or a sailboat coffin, then that's their prerogative. I'm dead. I, you know, it's not my choice. But otherwise, just make me into mushrooms. Dump me somewhere, and it'll be fine. Okay. We have that on the record now, so that's good. Okay. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's now a celebration of life and not a uh, morning of death, and it's all very nice. And uh, Deborah McLean said she and her late husband, who was 68 when he died in February, used to tour the country in their motorhome, and Phil loved comparing cream donuts in every small town, considering himself something of a connoisseur. He considered a good donut one that was crunchy on the outside, airy in the middle, and definitely made with fresh cream. Isn't that nice? Very cute. Uh, let's make, you know, it's not, it, this is a cute piece. It's like, let's talk about Phil for a moment. He was a cool guy. He really wanted to, he loved cr uh, cream donuts and he wanted to, be buried in one like i i i like this man he was diagnosed with bowel cancer and had time to think about his funeral so uh along with his wife and of course his cousin who makes these these uh awesome coffins he uh he came up with this <laughs> cream donut idea deborah said they even had 150 donuts delivered to the funeral uh in Mm, Taran, Taran, Taranga, Taranga, from Phil's favorite bakery in Widianka, Widianka. That's I should have practiced. Uh, more than a hundred and sixty <laughs> kilometers away. So they they had cream donuts delivered from a hundred sixty kilometers away. How okay? So Phil wanted fresh cream donuts, and how or yeah, how how fresh cream is that if they have traveled 160 kilometers that's all i'm thinking i'm you know i would still eat it obviously i mean <laughs> come on come on i'm not saying that it's just a bar a of family-sized chocolate a day <laughs> girl over here would still <laughs> eat the cream donut what a surprise <laughs> nobody saw it coming um uh, yeah so uh his coffins are biodegradable and are usually buried or cremated along with the deceased. And the only one he's ever gotten back is Phil's coffin because he used uh, po polystyrene something. Is that what it's called? Like yeah. plastic stuff, yeah. I guess. And shaping foam. And that's obviously not environmentally friendly. So Phil was switched to the plain coffin, as I said. Uh, for the cremation and Hall actually kept the donut coffin forever and for now it remains in the back of his white 1991 Cadillac hearse good stuff and for his own funeral there's a little tidbit in the end here for his own funeral Hall said he changed his mind about those red flame flames 
He's emailed his kids saying he wants to be buried in a clear coffin wearing nothing but a leopard pattern G-string. The kids say, yeah, they're, they, they're not going to do that. <laughs> that's, that's the story. I don't oh, hate my. that idea. I mean, it depends. Also, if he died when he was like 85 and then him in like a leopard pattern G-string. I don't, I'm not I don't ageist think, or anything. I'm just. I, I yeah. don't think <laughs> 85 is the problem. I think <laughs> a car crash is the problem. Okay, that's a, that's a good. I feel like there's a. There's a whole bunch of issues with a clear coffin that is, however old you are, fine, cool. Can you imagine mourning someone you love and they're lying there in a fuck? Also, I hope let's move some on. So that I know don't listen to this because I know now they're gonna demand that they want to do that. Absolutely. So we'll see. Okay, are we moving on? Weekly to. <gasps> Fuck yeah. Like, how in love are you with this button now? It's a button. Yeah. I... Do you want to do... Yeah. I only have a quick one. I mostly focused on okay. on my... You know, okay. My story took, took a lot of weaving from a lot of different sources. Uh, it's more of an update on your previous story about oh. Swiss underpants. Oh, what you got? Uh, so yeah, you brought a main story about Swiss military underwear, and I, I wanted to say scientists are burying two thousand pairs of underpants in Switzerland. Okay, I think there are like a lot of you can like sell that on, you know, OnlyFans or wherever. I don't know. <laughs> like why? Why are you there? There's a whole business for that. That's a waste. So this I, is, don't worry, they're getting them back. This is a cutting edge way to measure soil health. What? Scientists from the State Research Institute, Agroscope, will later dig up the soiled underwear and analyze it. They'll look at the extent to which tiny organisms, organisms in the earth have eaten away at the fabric. The holier, the better. They're made of 100% biodegradable cotton. And okay. uh, is is meant to be a food source. So they want to see how huh. I could not establish why it was underwear. I'm pretty sure it was just for their own entertainment. I think they needed to send some bits of cotton and then they could analyze them. Mm. And they went, hey, how do we convince 2000 members of the public to dig up in their garden yeah. and throw in some cloth. Let's make it pants. <laughs> but so they're not used. Not used. Not before they go in the ground. Unless you yeah. want to, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure they specified that you have to put them straight in the ground. Maybe you get to. No, sure. Sure. Do you want to hear a little bit about Poland? Never. Sorry, I mean always. How dare you? How dare you, sir? Well, I have some notes from Poland.com. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to tell you the headline. I'm just going to dive in here. Okay. So something unusual happened in Krakow the past week. 
a mysterious beast was seen in a tree to the worry of surrounding residents. So the Krakow Society for the Protection of Animals, which runs the city's main animal shelter, reports that a desperate woman called to say that a creature had been hiding in a tree for two days. She said, uh, people are not opening their windows because they are afraid it will come into their home. Everyone is scared of it. Uh, asked to describe the animal, she said that it could be an iguana. <laughs> Terrible. I think all of our listeners should just take a moment right now to pause and think about this horrific creature. Mm-hmm. And just... Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty scary. Mm-hmm. It is very scary. It's very no, scary. I've taken that moment oh, to you, reflect. You please, uh, please continue. After dispelling initial suspicions that it may be a late April Fool's joke, the uh, animal shelter people sent out a team to check on the animal. The organization assumed that if it was a tropical reptile, it could have died and therefore remained motionless in the tree. At the scene, the team spotted the creature, its brown skin glistening in the sun. When we looked more closely, the poor thing had no legs or head. We knew already that we could not help the creature, they wrote on Facebook. The mysterious iguana turned out to be a croissant. (laughs) (laughs) And you've probably seen the picture all over social media, but this fucking croissant in the tree is so hilarious. I haven't seen I saw the article, but I didn't see a picture of it. Like, I... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the the charity assured that the story was completely genuine and (laughs) added that it is still, you know, encouraged to, like, anybody who has concerns about the well-being of an animal, please contact them. And, like, better to be pleasantly disappointed sometimes um, than not to react, you know. So I love that. That was hilarious. I think that's a beautiful end note. That poor, innocent little croissant. Mm-hmm. Stuck in a tree, <laughs> so all, all lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I will be putting pictures up on Instagram. So if you want to see what the fuck we've been talking about, you'll find it there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.